Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. Hope it's a payday for you, for you bi-weekly and weekly wage runners. Today could be a big day for you. Hope that it is. Hope to get a chance to get out and go do some fun stuff. I know many of you will be at home watching college football. And on Saturday evening, you'll get to see your Bulldogs play against the University of Kentucky. I will be there. Matter of fact, uh, Mike Nemeth and I will get up in the wee hours of the morning on Saturday, make the drive up, hopefully navigate through, um, you know, some weather. Hopefully it's not too bad. And we'll get on up there and hopefully get ahead of this thing and uh, be able to uh, to bring you guys full coverage of the Bulldogs' uh, hopeful win over the University of Kentucky. We're going to preview the SEC schedule today. But before we get into all of that, for all of you, that are in harm's way. Again, let me reiterate, please don't take any chances with yourself. It is just stuff. Batten down the hatches, uh, board up the windows, and try to find some safe passage somewhere and protect yourselves. There are many of you that are uh, in, you know, in, in the target area, and there's so much of this tropical storm, hurricane business that we've had to deal with this year. You know, Those of us up here in North Mississippi haven't had nearly as much to deal with as you guys have. You know, we don't have to deal with the storm surge and uh, you know, really just kind of the inconvenience of all the preparation for these storms. And so our hearts go out to all of you that are dealing with that. I understand that, um, you know, it's an, it's an incredible inconvenience, even if things go okay. You know, you hope for the best and say, you know what, well, we, we took all these precautions and we didn't need to. Uh, but it's better to take them and not need them than to need them and not take them. So please, please, please protect yourself, your property. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say, take care of your animals. Don't leave your animals to simply fend for themselves. It's one of the things that was so heartbreaking during Hurricane Katrina. So many people's pets uh, were displaced, and uh, some were reunited with their owners, but many others were uh, casualties of that storm as well. So please take care of your animals. Please ensure that they are uh, out of harm's way uh, as well. We look forward to... Uh, making that trip to Lexington. And, and again, hopefully we can provide you some type of enjoyment. I know many of you are on the road today, so I hope that the Boneyard provides you a little bit of instruction and insight uh, when it comes to Mississippi State. Got a cool top 10 list today. A lot of response to my top 10 drummers list. A lot of response. And uh, many people said, hey, Steve, how could you not produce this guy, that guy, pick that guy? You know, I mentioned about 30 drummers. I couldn't get to everybody. There were a few that I missed. There were some that you guys are really high on that I am not. There are some guys that are basically studio drummers that can't pull it off live, and uh, as a result, I didn't put those guys on my list. I did have some that said, Steve, you know, how could you leave out this guy and that guy? And I agree. I said, you know, it's probably, probably a mistake on my part. There's always that. There's always a few. There's always some names I think of later and say, ah, you know, I probably should have mentioned that guy. Had some other people tell me that I had Tommy Lee too low. You know, Tommy's not really a great technical drummer, but he's got great feel. He's a great showman. I absolutely love Tommy Lee. I think he's kind of the driving force behind Motley Crue, even though Nikki Six is the leader. 
leader of the band there. You know, Tommy and Mick sometimes are often uh, overshadowed, I guess, because Nikki's such a huge personality and Vince, of course, the uh, the voice of crew. But uh, that's a great foursome that has stayed together for the most part, you know, since the early 80s. And so um, very glad that we've got had some new music from them in the last couple of years and uh, got a chance to go see them in Atlanta this summer, coming summer. I was supposed to go this past summer, but, you know, COVID canceled everything. So I look forward to that because there was a time that I thought, you know what, I'm never going to see Molly Crew again. Not a good day. But look forward to seeing them again live. And we'll be on, uh, I believe... We're on Nikki Six's side, which is pretty cool, too. You need to uh, celebrate yourselves and celebrate life and celebrate food and fellowship and family, and you can do that at Bulldog Burger Company. Great people, great food, great prices. And here's the thing, too. If you're going to be in Starkville this weekend or in Tupelo and you want to congregate with other college football fans, let me encourage you. Do all your tailgating. And it's not necessarily tailgating because you're not going to drop a tailgate and eat out there. But have your football party at Bulldog Burger Company. It, they're going to have the game on all the TVs. You can go by and check it out. Bulldog Burger Company right here on University Drive in Starkville on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. It is a great game day destination for those of you that are not going to the game. If you're in town and you want to celebrate Mississippi State football, and if you're in Tupelo, for that matter, if you want to celebrate Ole Miss football or Alabama football, for that matter, maybe a lot of Bulldog fans pulling for Alabama, you can go do that at Bulldog Burger Company. Have the spring rolls. Have the new burgers. Check them out. And they've got the classic menu, of course. But there's always a cool special. Expand your horizons a little bit. Walk on the wild side. Get the mission. Get the pimentology. But you know what? If You, say, you know what, Steve? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready to bite that off. I'm not, I'm not ready to take that chance. Have the Bulldog. The Bulldog Burger is the signature burger. You'll be happy with that. You'll even get that nifty little uh, Bulldog insignia on top of your bun. Go check it out. Bulldog Burger Company, two locations to serve you where people in Starkville and Tupelo go to meet. M-E-A-T. So we have three early games on Saturday, you know, so which means, hey, there's plenty to watch, but also, too, you don't get stuck with the dog of a game. You've got plenty of options to choose from. So let's break those games down first. Um, you know, here's the deal, and I think it's important to understand this. There are going to be good games throughout the day, or should be good games. And I think one of the best games of the day will be Florida at Texas A&M. I'm sure it's exactly what many people are expecting, that Florida and A&M will kind of get the day off on the right foot. Listen, I think A&M is still incredibly average. I think they're really anemic on offense. I think the Florida defense will probably allow them to score a little bit. Florida has struggled the first two weeks on defense against Ole Miss. And even though Ole Miss offensively has been pretty good, Florida didn't look great in that game defensively. Uh, they still won going away, but be that as it may, you know, last week South Carolina moved the football as well in Florida. I don't think that A&M is as good offensively as Ole Miss or South Carolina, but I do think that they will make some plays. I like Florida in this ball game. Probably A&M I don't think will lay down. I think Florida pulls away some in the second half. I can't remember how I picked this game score-wise. I know I picked Florida to win. I think Florida handles business down at College Station. And listen, these are the games that Dan Mullen generally wins. You know, these toss-up type games. You know, he, he didn't always beat people he wasn't supposed to beat. But he found a way to win these toss-up games, home or away, more times than not. I suspect Florida will be ready to go. I think that uh, Kyle Trask is simply too much for that Aggie defense. And I think there are a lot of people at College Station, Texas, that are beginning to kind of wake up to the fact that uh, they're married to Jimbo Fisher for better or for worse, and it looks a lot more worse than better uh, for the future because they're going to be at the end of a talent cycle this year. They're going to lose a lot. They were kind of built to play this year. And then they're going to have, you know, I I think they're going to be a pretty mediocre team this year. I was on the bandwagon early. I'll be honest with you. During the preseason, I said, you know what, A&M might make a real challenge for this and could finish second because I really wasn't on the LSU bandwagon. I'm still not completely. But through two weeks, and it is just two weeks, LSU nor Auburn look to be world beaters. So you could see A&M possibly split those two games. I don't think they've got enough in the tank to really challenge Alabama or really kind of sweep through the rest of the SEC. I suspect A&M is going to lose some games that many people expect them to win. This is not one of those because I think most people see Florida as a prohibitive favorite even though they are on the road. 
Dan Mullen will find a way to win this ball game and do a good job. And uh, A&M, I think, will, will limp in to play in, Tusk- play in Alabama next week and be one and two before they head to Mississippi State. Okay, another morning game that is of some interest, I guess, would be uh, you know Missouri and LSU. That game was originally scheduled to be played in Baton Rouge but due to precautions taken for this uh, Hurricane Delta, I guess it is. They, they have moved the game to Missouri, and there was some concern about televising the game. There have been some other cancellations and postponements uh, that have kind of opened up that TV window. And so as a result, that's going to be uh, LSU-Mizzou. And uh, I understand Coach Ed Orgeron was certainly in favor of playing in the morning just because of travel restrictions. And the, you, know, you never know what they're going to fly back into at Baton Rouge. And so certainly understand that. I don't think it really matters. I don't care when they play, where they play, how they play. I think LSU could play with 10 and still win this game. There were a lot of people that jumped off the LSU bandwagon after Mississippi State beat them. I still consider that a quality win. I think in time people will look at that and say, you know what, LSU was pretty good. State kind of got them lucky, uh, got them looking ahead or whatever. Maybe State got them lucky to get them early. That's one of the things we had talked about on the show many times. If if you have to play LSU, it's probably good to get them early before they kind of get the trainer rolling. So I think in hindsight that win is going to look good for Mississippi State. And listen, State's going to win some football games too. But I think, again, we have talked many times on this show, Mike Leach always gets somebody. There's always an upset. There's always a game, but he's not expected to win, that he finds a way to win. He's kind of the anti-Dan Mullen in that respect. Dan always won the games he was expected to win and then lost the games he was expected to lose. Mike's a little different. Sometimes Mike will win the games he's not expected to and then lose the ones he's not, as we saw last week. But I like LSU in this ballgame big uh, I, I think it's 38-10, something like that, and it probably could be worse. Missouri really struggles to score. They really struggle on offense. And uh, that's kind of been Eli Drinkwitz's calling card. And granted, he's kind of ridden the coattails of one Scott Satterfield. And so that's kind of the risk you run. You go get a guy with a kind of a limited resume. You know, you've been a head coach one time there at App State. Now he's at Mizzou. And so, listen, I don't blame him for taking the job. He didn't hire himself. But this is going to be a long, drawn-out process. It's really going to be a process at Mizzou because it is such an unforgiving league. Once you get down, it's so difficult to get back. And uh, LSU, I think, will hammer Mizzou this week. South Carolina at Vanderbilt. I think this could be a really good game. I think there are other games on that people – I think Florida A&M will draw all the eyeballs. But the South Carolina-Vanderbilt game, if you're a fan of either of these teams, you probably look at this and say, okay, we have a chance to win this game. I like South Carolina, though, because I like Mike Bobo. I'm a fan. I think Mike Bobo is a guy that uh, has done some good things offensively in his career. Derek Mason, one of the better defensive coaches in the country, he will have a game plan ready to kind of shut down that South Carolina offense. But I think South Carolina has too much talent, too much skill, too much motivation uh, to drop this game. If they do, man, good my, my goodness, man, the, the yells to get Will Muschamp fired in Columbia will hit an all-time high. I mean, absolutely crazy to think about what would happen to Muschamp if they lose to Vanderbilt? We've all said, hey, there's no way anybody's getting fired this year. I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe it. I think there's some people out there, and listen, I understand many athletic departments are, are really stretched, and so maybe they can't afford a big buyout, but uh, a place like South Carolina, I don't know if they could put up with two more years of bad football. It was a curious hire to begin with, and uh, you know, last year it looked like Will was on the hot seat and found a way to beat Georgia and, and uh, you know, pulled a couple of irons out of the fire there and made some things happen with him. But this is a game he's got to win. If they're really going to show, hey, we're taking a step forward, they need to go to, to Vandy and win. And I don't mean win 23-20. to 20. I think they've got to, they've got to go up there and look good doing it. Vanderbilt, again, kind of struggles to score. But uh, they have some intriguing pieces. I think this will be a game for a half, but I think South Carolina's – uh, talent differential will be uh, you know, probably the, the thing that kind of tips the balance in, in their favor. Okay, so our afternoon games, and let's get into the CBS game first. That's Tennessee at Georgia. Tennessee is better. I don't think they're ready to beat Georgia. I think Georgia, still from a talent standpoint, is probably a couple of pegs above Tennessee. Georgia got better quarterback play last week. I think that continues. I think Tennessee – athletically on defense can compete with Georgia for a while I just don't think that Tennessee can consistently score on a very very athletic Georgia defense you know we saw early on granted they played Arkansas and they played Auburn and I don't know how good either of those teams are going to be offensively I think at this point they're both kind of figured it out 
but Auburn has not been at all what we expect them to be offensively. And you're supposed to be, again, that's that's Gus's calling card. you got Bo Nix, who many people, including myself, think is a future star in this league. They're not scoring points. And Georgia made them look really, really pedestrian last week. I mean, really, really, really made them look basic on offense. I think they'll do something similar to Tennessee. I just don't think Tennessee, even with Garantano at quarterback as a veteran, I don't think there are enough pieces around them to keep this game competitive. I think Georgia wins it, you know, probably two or three touchdowns. Uh, I, I don't think this is a game that is going to be nearly what people have hyped it up to be. But if you look at the, the options this year, I don't blame CBS, you know, for taking this game. It's probably the best game of the day uh, unless you could get Florida A&M. But um, – Be that as it may, this is a big stepping stone game for Tennessee, and I just don't think they're ready to take that step. Still one of those things you think about. Everybody says, you know, this is the year, you know, for Dan Mullen. I think Georgia's kind of shown that they're vulnerable. I think that that is really a true toss-up game. I think the last couple years you looked at it and you'd say, you know what, Georgia's got a little more firepower than, than, uh, than Florida. I don't know if that's the case this go around. Arkansas at Auburn, uh, you know, listen, I, I think the Arkansas win last week was really a benefit of, uh, you know, product of Mississippi State's lack of execution. I give Arkansas credit for having a good game plan defensively. I don't know that that works against Auburn. I think Auburn wins this game at home. Auburn's tough at home. I mean, they really are. Everybody in this league is, but Auburn has a real home field advantage there. They play really well at Jordan Air Stadium. I think Auburn probably figures some things out offensively this week. I do think it's a bit of a struggle. I could see a 17-13 type game because I think Arkansas, again, has some pieces. I don't know how injured Rakeem Boyd is. You guys know what a fan of him I am. I think if they can get him going, this can be a competitive ball game. But I just don't see Auburn losing at home. Auburn, Gus Malzahn, they have to have this ball game. They have not looked good the first two weeks of the year. But I suspect they'll figure some things out this week. I think it's going to be a struggle, but I think in the end, Auburn just has too much offensive firepower, and they're beginning to figure some things out defensively, and I think Arkansas is so pedestrian on offense that Auburn will feel a little bit better about things after this week. Again, I could see Arkansas keeping this thing interesting for a while, but I think in the end, Auburn just simply has too much talent. So they'll win the game. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it is a competitive game. Uh, could be one of those games, too, that I think a lot of Arkansas people, even if they lose the game, will feel pretty good about, you know what, we're, we're headed in the right direction. And listen, I give Sam Pittman a lot of credit. He has very quickly changed the culture there, and it was absolutely rotten under Chad Morris. Absolutely rotten. I think Sam Pittman's got those fans and those players believing, eager to see how they come out and play. It's, again, that's back-to-back road games. It's difficult sometimes to get up to play uh, in the SEC on back-to-back road games. So, I think there'll be a little bit of a hangover, but uh, again, a bit of a tussle with Auburn pulling it out late. All right, so now we get into the evening, and that's one of the things, too, is that, you know, there's so many of these games are so competitive. You don't have none of these, uh, you know, games against Louisiana School of Math and Science. But uh, Alabama at Ole Miss, and listen, I have, I've watched some of this stuff this week. I've been so busy, I hadn't had a chance to keep up with all of it. But thankfully on Twitter, everybody sends the highlights out there. I don't think Lane Kiffin has helped himself or the Rebels' cause uh, by taking these little barbs at, at Nick Saban. I suspect Alabama will come out ready to go, and there was some talk about you know the storm and how that it will impact the ball game. I think if, if you're Ole Miss, I think you pray for rain just so you hope to keep this thing close. I, I think Alabama is figuring some things out on offense. Mag Jones looks to be better than advertised. Alabama defensively has been really good, but to be fair, they have not played anybody quite as prolific on offense as uh, Ole Miss, and I think Matt Corral has played well. I thought from the day they hired Lane Kiffin that Matt Corral fit the scheme better. They want to throw the ball down the middle of the field and then kind of run some razzle-dazzle stuff to open up the run game. Matt Corral fits that better than John Rice Plumley. That's just the reality of life. And I think he has answered the call. They have simplified things and kind of kept his reads in the middle of the field, which I think has kind of helped him to be a little better decision-maker. That's always a knock on Matt Corral is that, you know, he makes bad decisions. You know, he locks in on receivers. I think he has taken the next step in his development. I think that is important for Ole Miss. I don't think they have any talent on defense. Zero. I know many of the players, I mean, the the fans know their names, and so as a result, they feel like, okay, this guy's really good. I think outside of Sam Williams, I don't know if there's a guy on that defense you look at and say this guy's got a pro football future. 
arguably the worst defense in the SEC, and I think Alabama takes full advantage. And people forget, Kentucky, yes, Ole Miss won the game. But Kentucky really exposed Ole Miss as a very, very, very poor run defense. 408 yards to a very average Kentucky team. Well, Najee Harris and Alabama are far from average. If I'm Nick Saban, I think maybe I'll only throw it just to keep the safeties out of the box. And maybe that opens up some play-action stuff when you establish the run. I just don't think Ole Miss will keep this game close without some of Alabama's help. Now, will Ole Miss dollop a couple of gadget plays and kind of keep things interesting for a while? Yeah, probably so. I think it'll be similar to what we saw early on with Florida. But then the difference in the college weight programs and the talent differential will take over in the second half. I think Alabama wins this game big. I mean, like 38-14, something like that. I think they win three touchdowns plus. Uh, yeah, unless the storm changes course and it gets uh, you know really wet out there, but I just and then, and then even with that, I think that probably helps Alabama more than it does Ole Miss. I think maybe it keeps the score down some. I think Alabama is going to run for huge yards in this game. Uh, they got a great offensive line. They got a great running game. They got a great defense. Uh, I think again, I guess if you're Lane Kiffin, if you can't beat them, have some fun with them in the media. But I think this is one of those ball games that people are expecting Alabama to win. I think Ole Miss people are just hoping to be somewhat competitive. They can feel like they're building towards something. But uh, I, I don't think Ole Miss is anywhere close uh, to keeping this game close without a lot of help from Alabama. Uh, so that's the SEC schedule minus the State-Kentucky game. We're going to get to that after the top ten list. But uh, here are your winners as I see them. Florida at A&M. LSU at Mizzou, South Carolina at Vanderbilt, Georgia at home against Tennessee, Auburn at home against Arkansas. So the road games of the morning, I've got going the the, uh, the way of the road team. And then uh, the afternoon games, I've got them going the way of the home team. And then the evening games, also the road games. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, some road winners. And that's the thing, too, that I think is probably a little bit undervalued. We had talked about it a little bit in preseason. There is not a real home field advantage anymore. If you don't think playing in front of 25,000 LSU Tiger fans is more advantageous than playing in front of 100,000, I don't know what to tell you. And so you've seen some road teams win. It's just a different deal entirely when you don't get a full stadium. And listen, you go back to the Dan Mullen days, the early years here at Mississippi State, that's one of the things that he talked about is, hey, we got to sell out the stadium no matter who we're playing because it gives us a great home field advantage. And we did. Bulldog fans turned out. The team responded. You had an unprecedented run of success. So Mullen clearly knew what he was talking about. Now, he does not have those issues at the Swamp. You know, this year we're all kind of dealing with it some with social distancing. But, you know, now that uh, the governor of Florida has kind of opened up the venues down there, we'll see how that kind of progresses. But um, it's just a different deal. So I think you're going to see more road wins. There, you're, going, you're not going to get that benefit of the home field advantage because you don't have people that are – you know, going crazy. And I don't care who you are, where you're from, or how many years you played. You know, you, you want to be cheered for. You want to be encouraged. And so there's just something about being in front of the cowbells that makes a big difference. And so when State goes to Kentucky this weekend, you won't have the benefit of cowbells, but you also won't have, you know, a full stadium of uh, banjo players out there, you know, talking a bunch of trash to your players. And, and, and listen, we're only human. Everybody deals with that differently. But um, it is awfully, awfully intriguing to me to see how well road teams have done through two weeks of the SEC schedule. All right, let's get ready to get in top 10 lists. Brought to you by the folks at mybookie.com. You can visit them today and begin your winning season. I know many of you like to have a little skin in the game. It makes the games more interesting, and I get it. It's one of those things, if, if I don't have an emotional interest in the outcome of the game, maybe I can invest in that, and then it makes all the games seem a little bit more important. I know many of you... Uh, enjoy betting on games, and the best place to do so is at mybookie.com. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, you get a little phrase that pays that gives you some house money to play with. Use promo code Boneyard, and mybookie will match your initial deposit up to $1,000 for new users. So if you deposit $100, you are going to have 200 bucks to play with. Now, you can't cash out immediately, but you can use that extra 100 bucks to you know, to probably maybe bet on some games you wouldn't normally bet on. So it kind of lessens your investment, lessens your risk a little bit, but it also adds to the benefit and the potential for reward there. So, again, mybookie.com, promo code Boneyard. Go check it out today. You've got NBA playoffs. we get the finals now. MLB baseball, we're getting ready to have the Braves play in the World Series more than likely. 
Uh, it's an exciting time. So there's plenty of things that you can kind of bet on. There's there's in-game parlays. There's uh, in-game live betting. There's so much that you can think about. It's uh, it's an exciting time, and your winning season starts today. Visit the folks at mybookie.com. Use promo code BONEYARD to unlock those savings to have your initial deposit matched up to $1,000. Okay, so I forget who sent me this. I've had a ton of messages, and I've been on the road a lot this week. I've, I, matter of fact, I've had uh, already had two book signings this week, and that's kind of a light week. I want to thank all those in Ruville, Mississippi, that turned out at the farm on uh, Wednesday. Great night for them. Man, I tell you, and so many great Bulldog fans turned out. Got to see former Diamond Dog Hugh Arant for the second time in as many years. And listen, those Delta farmers, man, they're hustling. They're hustling, trying to get the crop in before the rain gets here. And so my heart goes out to them. Man, there were many of those guys that came right from the fields, man, got off the tractor, got in the truck, drove downtown, still dusty from their work, and bought books. Man, we had a huge night. I, I never would have thought that back-to-back years in Rueville, Mississippi. And, man, Dennis and the guys at the farm do such a great job. Such a great job, man. I, I, go have the catfish parmesan. Trust me. Trust me. Probably the signature dish there. Dennis, great guy, great bulldog. They do a great job there right in downtown Rueville. And, listen, there's not a lot in Rueville, but, man, the people there are just wonderful. I've had such two great experiences there. Uh, great little place downtown, the farm. And then yesterday I was at the Y'all Lifestyle Store in Ridgeland, Mississippi, with my friend Bo Bounds. Left about 30 signed copies there, so if you didn't get a chance to get by there, we had a big day. But uh, Bo is going to carry the book. So you can find that right there at the Y'all Lifestyle Store. And you can go in and get some good casual uh, you know, gear, high-quality stuff, man. There, there, there was a lot of our Boneyard listeners came by that had never been there before and said, hey, I've been meaning to get down here and see the Y'all Lifestyle Store. It, uh, it's a cool little place. It is. And uh, Bo and Wendy do a great job. And uh, listen, Ashley's down there too. That's the uh, girlfriend of one Elijah McNamee. So she's kind of bulldog, diamond dog royalty as well. You can go by and say hello and get, and get service with a smile. Big week next week, and we'll talk about that next week. But uh, I'm, I'm signing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then it starts again the next Monday. So Monday's really the only day off from the book tour. You're still going to get three bone yards a week. Don't don't stress over that. I'll, I'll still take care of you guys, and we'll still get a couple articles up on Gene's page every day. So uh, come check us out. Alpha Dog's doing well. Man, the reviews are great. You guys have been so wonderful to me. But I had some guys come by yesterday and say, hey, Steve, you left this drummer off. Uh, you left this guy off, this guy off. And, and it's true. I even had one guy that is actually a guy named Jeff that is a drummer. And so I kind of listened to him maybe more so than I would just a casual fan. But, uh, you know, we had talked some music. And listen, even Steve, man, Steve, the former bass player from the uh, West Coast punk band Black Flag, came by to say hello. How cool is that 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 guy's a bulldog? Go ch- listen, if you like 80s punk, go listen to Black Flag. Man, they're great. And I, didn't, I never knew that we had a Mississippi State connection to Black Flag. Now I'm going to listen to it today when I get off the show. But today's top ten list came from a listener that messaged me and said, hey, Steve, you left off Tool. So how about a top ten Tool list? I love Tool. I do. I think Tool is in a genre of themselves. They're not rock music. They're not new metal. They're just Tool. And, and listen, I've seen Perfect Circle, which is great. But Tool is a, on a different league, man. Tool is so incredible. And uh, listen, learned earlier today that uh, Maynard James Keenan is uh, actually suffering some uh, some lung issues after having COVID earlier this year. And uh, that's huge news for him. I mean, this is a guy that sings for a living. And so uh, that could be incredibly detrimental you know, to his career. And uh, he's an incredible songwriter and an incredible uh, musician. And so that would be uh, you know, quite detrimental to the rock community but uh here is my top 10 list i did mention a few other songs as honorable mentions because i wanted to to share with you if you have never heard tools cover of no quarter of led zeppelin's no quarter you owe it to yourself and for a long time it was only available if you bought uh the box set and so now of course tools all of their music is available on itunes so for years you couldn't get it so i had to buy the box set because uh anytime that it popped up on youtube it would get zapped but their cover of no quarter is phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and you know quarter is one of those kind of mysterious led zeppelin songs that uh kind of has some weird sounds and, and messaging and that sort of stuff tool was the perfect band to cover that uh opiate that's a great tune didn't make the list invincible one of the new songs on the new album 
I almost put it in top 10, but I didn't. And uh, Parabola also didn't make it, but uh, loved that tune. I would say 10,000 Years is my favorite Tool album, and you'll probably get that that indication when you hear my top 10. But uh, one of the cool things, so many different and crazy names of songs uh, from Tool. They're the total package for sure. So number 10, I think an underappreciated Tool track, and that's The Pot. The Pot off 10,000 Years. It's uh, I love the lyrics, and it, probably one of the most lyrically song, strong songs in my mind in the Tool catalog. I absolutely love The Pot. Uh, it's one of those kind of put-your-finger-in-their-face type songs. Uh, number nine for me is Think Fist. So much going on with that. I mean, musically, it's just at another level. Uh, Fear Inoculum is the, t- is the solo track, pardon me, the first single off the newest album, the first album in what feels like 30 years. I think it was like 10, 11 years. Uh, and it's one of those things, it's the, that great seven, eight, nine-minute song that you think is over and then there's like two minutes left to go. Number seven for me is H, just simply H. If, you, if, if you've heard it, you know what I'm talking about. That's one of the things about Tool Tracks is they don't give a whole lot about... Uh, in the title number six and if there are sometimes in my life this might have been my favorite tool song but it's jambi again off Ten Thousand years I, and i could have gone a couple other songs off Ten Thousand years but i thought i was getting a little bit too heavy on Ten Thousand years it's one of those albums you just put on start to finish and it, it, it kind of scratches you where you itch number five 46 and two 46 and two absolutely love it I think, uh, again, lyrically, one of their stronger tunes. Uh, All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A lot of cryptic language in this one. Sometimes it's good to get the liner notes out and kind of ring it, read it, and kind of carry on. Number four, the, the, our first introduction to Tool, Sober, off the Undertow album. Uh, if you went to Lollapalooza, you saw them. It was phenomenal. That first lineup was absolutely insane. But, you know, I, I was the guy young in recovery when the song came out, and so it automatically it appealed to me. But the video, if you have never seen the video, it was so groundbreaking at the time. And even now it still holds up. You go look at it and you watch it. And you're not sure what you're looking at, but you can't turn away. Uh, the video is out, available on YouTube. It is f- absolutely phenomenal. Sober was one of those introductions to a new band. When everybody heard it, everybody's like, man, these guys are going to be huge. And it seemed like forever before we even got a picture of what Tool looked like. It only added to the mystery of the whole thing. Uh, number three for me is Schism. Love the bass line on this one. It's just one of those songs right out of the gate. You know exactly who you're listening to and you know the ride you're about to take. Uh, Tool, one of those bands, too, that, that they have such a huge following. There's so many people that like they, they like more of the back catalog just because I guess it makes them cooler. But uh, I don't know anybody that's a Tool fan that doesn't just absolutely adore the song Schism. Number two, one of my favorite songs of all time. Really, it's top two or two of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, but it's Enema. And uh, this, again, is one of those songs where they kind of call out everybody that's on their nerves. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like calling for another flood of the earth and kind of destroying everything. Uh, and people say, oh, Steve sounds so destructive. But, uh, you know, he's talking about, you know, all the people in life 
that, um, you know, they kind of get on your nerves and seem to do it on purpose and, and kind of walk around with a lack of self-awareness. It's a great tune, and uh, there's a, kind of a creepy part there where he says, learn to swim, learn to swim, and he's kind of, you know, reaching out. I hope that they flood the earth again to rid us of all these awful people. And I know some people are listening to this and say, Steve, how in the world could you like that? It's all metaphorical, okay? They're not really calling for the destruction of the earth. Well, maybe Maynard is, who knows? But uh, I don't take it quite so seriously. I think it is a great tune. And uh, some, of it is kind of, some of it is kind of stinging because you do some of the things they mention in the song. But number one for me, and when they released all the Tool tracks onto iTunes, this is the first one that I downloaded. My favorite Tool song, arguably one of my top ten songs I've ever heard in my life. And uh, it's Vicarious. I absolutely love this song. And uh, listen, the volume knob in my car gets a workout when this thing comes on. And it's so good sonically that it doesn't really distort even in high volumes. It's like, it seems like the higher that you turn it up, the richer the sound gets. That's a mark of a great band. There's so many of these bands that are kind of studio creations and they just can't hold it together live. That's one of the things that I think separates Tool is they can do so many imaginative and innovative things in a studio and then they take the stage and still do a great rendition that's true to the uh, the original recording. And I think Vicarious is one of those songs that uh, it just makes you want to yell your lungs out. It's To me, it's one of those songs that really gets me going. And so that's my tool list. Probably should have done this a long time ago. Uh, I'm a huge Tool fan, and uh, I've got every album. And i uh, got a couple things you can't even buy in the United States. But... Uh, you know, it's amazing what you can get on eBay these days. But uh, but be that as it may, that's my list. You may have your own list. It would be wrong. Uh, but it is, the, it is the United States. You have the right to be wrong. And there are many people that exercise that right regularly. Uh, so music, though, I don't think you can ever get it wrong with music, to be honest with you. I think just there are various points in your life that certain songs mean more to you based on what you're going through. There are some songs I can put on now, and all of a sudden I'm 19 years old again, uh, and you know, I can feel some of the pain and misery of all of that, but also some of the excitement about life. And there are just some of those songs that just kind of change the mood that you're in. And there's a lot of those for Tool that um, great driving tunes for me. When I'm out on the road, I just put them on and kind of go. But I, I don't think, listen, I, I don't judge people too harshly for who they love or what they enjoy because I wouldn't want those same indictments handed out to me. I'm, I, again, I'm not a Green Day or Nirvana fan, but. Uh, you know, if you want to like them, that's cool. Just don't play it around me. But uh, be that as it may, I, I love music. You guys love music. And for those of you that go do Facebook Live with me, we'll do a Facebook Live show tonight around 8. And uh, I do a song of the show. I, I try to be everybody's rock sponsor and share a rock song that perhaps that's, uh, that's kind of slipped under their radar. As a matter of fact, this past show, we did uh, Monster Truck, the group Monster Truck, the song Don't Tell Me How to Live. If you don't know it, go check it out. It is one of the songs that will make you want to stomp a hole in the ground. All right, our good friends at Hawthorne are back. They're ready to make sure that you smell better than ever. I have personally shared with you guys my experience with Hawthorne. And every time that they reach out to my ad reps and say, hey, listen, we'd love to be doing a run with Steve, I'm happy to do it. Uh, Here's the deal, and, and I'll share this with you because, listen, nobody tells me to do this. There's no script that I follow with any of this stuff. They send me stuff, but I just kind of do what I want to do. It's the best cologne I've ever had. I mean, it is the best. And listen, I've got a bottle of uh, Eternity that I used to wear that regularly, and I imagine it'll sit there probably uh, forever because this Hawthorne cologne is just simply better. It's just better product, and it fits me. And here's what you do to find what fits you because what fits me may not fit you. Go take the short two-minute quiz at Hawthorne.co. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. I have had numerous Boneyard listeners reach out to me or come up to me at a signing and say, Steve, I thought you were joking. I gave it a shot. I absolutely love it. I've got people that send me personal account testimonials all the time about their experiences with Hawthorne. Check it out. I'm telling you, you're going to like the way you smell. It's going to give you much more confidence. You're going to look better. You're going to feel better. You're going to perform better because you're going to have more confidence. Use promo code Boneyard when you go there. Again, it's Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Promo code Boneyard to unlock some savings for yourself. You'll be glad you did. All right, so let's get into this MSU-Kentucky game. It's very much a toss-up, but I do think that the weather is actually 
going to improve. But what's interesting is we've had some Washington State fans kind of sneak over to the, uh, the Mississippi State Board of Jeans page and kind of share with us, hey, listen, the rain has really never slowed down the air raid in Pullman, Washington. Snow is a different deal. But I'd say rain, for the most part, has not really slowed things down. You know, the thing that I worry about is K.J. Costello has a pass slip and it gets picked or he has one that bounces off somebody's hands and gets picked. They tell me that's not really the issue. That really the rain sometimes helps the air raid because, you know, the receivers know where they're going. And so if you have unsettled terrain, sometimes the defensive backs are playing catch-up. I transcribed and well, I viewed and transcribed all the Kentucky players' interviews this week. I try to do that to kind of get a sense of what they're talking about, what they see the matchup kind of shaking out to be. And Kentucky really kind of tipped their hand about their defensive play calling. They're going to basically do what Arkansas did. And who can blame them, right? They're going to drop eight in coverage. And they're going to force K.J. Costello to methodically drive the ball the length of the field. And listen, we had some success with that at times. But that's the deal. If, if they make you put it in the air 10, 12 times a drive, chances are at some point you're going to be off the mark with one. You're going to have a tip pass or you're going to you know, have ball placement or you're going to have a wrong route or some miscommunication. Rather than what LSU did, you know, LSU tried to bring the heat and run these uh, late developing slants and twists and that sort of stuff. And as a result, State was able to get man-to-man coverage and, uh, and kind of beat LSU pretty good. And so Arkansas knew they couldn't match up. So what do they do? They kind of scheme against you, and it worked. So Kentucky will do some of that, and we will see that from every opponent until KJ and the crew kind of prove that uh, that's not going to slow us down. And KJ kind of, you know, listen, he was, he was perturbed in postgame. Not disrespectful, but you could tell the guy was down on himself a little bit. And he goes, hey, it's not about what they did. It's about what we didn't do. You just got to take what they give you as quickly as you can, and you get out in the field. Now, the big question everybody asks is, Steve, what about Colin Hill? The latest information I have on Colin Hill, he's good to go. In fact, Mike Leach said at Dog Talk last night that uh, everybody's good to go, that everybody's good to go. Now, I always take that with a grain of salt because, uh, you know, Mike is not real big on talking about injuries, but we have heard privately that Greg Allen is good to go this week. Colin Hill, good to go this week. You know, a lot of people were concerned about Martin Emerson a week ago, but he played last week and played well. So, should be pretty close to full strength. And then we'll kind of see how things develop. But uh, I think Colin Hill is the X factor in this whole deal. We need Colin Hill to have a big game, whether it be as a receiver or a runner. But if, listen, if they're going to drop eight, they're going to bail out those linebackers and get them on their heels. You know, I think you give the ball to Colin Hill. And then, listen, that's five, six, seven yards of carry. You know, I, I, and then here's what happens, too. Then all of a sudden that opens up some other things for you. All of a sudden, you, you, you fake that inside handoff, and those linebackers all of a sudden have to react. It opens up some crossing routes behind them. And that's the thing. you got to stress the linebackers. That's the thing about the air raid offense. You know, we talk so much about the vertical passing game and getting one-on-one matchups. What makes the whole thing go, man, is putting those linebackers in a decision-making process, making them second-guess a little bit because things move so quickly. All of a sudden, if they have to deal with Colin Hill – then all of a sudden they tend to get a little downhill on They begin to cheat up a little bit. Next thing you know, you fake it to Colin, and their first step is up, and then all of a sudden you've got a streaking wide receiver going behind them into a zone that has now opened up. you got some plays that can be made there. And listen, KJ's proven to be turnover prone the first two games. Uh, he's going to play clean. He'll figure some things out. I don't know if it's this week, but I do expect a better week from him. I've been told privately that KJ – has basically owned his performance from last weekend, didn't make any excuses, and just said, hey, listen, it's on me. i got to, I got to play better, and I will. And I, I fully expect that he will. And uh, I expect State to go win the football game. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think Kentucky, what they want to do is run the football. And Mississippi State has been very difficult to run against. Arkansas wanted to run the football as well. LSU committed to the run and really only had one sustained drive there. Uh, when they ran the football and State still held them for a field goal. I think one of those things you go back and look, you know, you probably can take the Arkansas game plan on both sides of the line of scrimmage and uh, and expect to kind of see, you know, a replication of that or an attempted duplication of that this weekend. And here's one of those inside-the-numbers type things. Last week in Arkansas, ran the football 37 times. 37 times. 
for a net of 63 yards. You take away those three team losses, you know, when they tried to down the ball at the end, that's 15 away, okay? But let's run the numbers here. Traylon Smith, the leading rusher, 14 carries for 48 yards for an average of 3-4. I think most people would take that. Rakeem Boyd, 8 for 28, 3 and a half. And then Felipe Franks, 8 of uh, eight for 8. K.J. Jefferson, 2 for a loss of 1. Devion Warren, 2 for a loss of 6. And so, in the end, Arkansas averages 1.7 yards per carry. And that was clearly their game plan. They also wanted to utilize the controlled passing game, two for tw- 20 for 28, for 212 yards. Did a good job with that. And, again, aided by the fact that you had a couple of busts, one of them for 52 yards. You back that 52 out, and, of course, it counts, okay, but I'm just trying to show this is what they did. You take that 52 out, it's 160 yards on 19 completions. So that's, that's the book on Mississippi State. Try to run the football and beat them with a short passing game. Um, it really wasn't successful. If you look at Arkansas, we scored, what, 24 points offensively in two games and they're 1-1. We gave the game away. That said, the book on Mississippi State is – Make K.J. Costello drive the field and hope that he makes a mistake. That'll shorten the field for you. Because, listen, people have not done a good job of running the football against Mississippi State. Kentucky will be the biggest test to date. Now, you would say LSU would be, but, you know, LSU was still kind of finding a sense of themselves offensively. So it kind of makes sense that they wouldn't run the football quite as much as they, they normally would. But LSU did not do a good job running the football. I think it was 80 yards. And so Mississippi State among the nation's leaders in run defense. And now you're going to go up against a team that is truly a run-first scheme with a dual-threat quarterback in Terry Wilson. He is a one-read quarterback as a passer. If it's not there, he tucks and goes. Doesn't work deep in his progressions. When he does, things kind of get unsettled for Kentucky. But what they want to do is line up and run the football. So you've got to keep Terry Wilson in the pocket and make him be a quarterback. You start letting him get outside and start creating, and all of a sudden the zone read begins to work and your linebackers get stressed. Next thing you know, you open up the game for him. He has not played well against Mississippi State. And because, well, you know, Steve, yeah, you know, we went up there and, and lost and lost the ball game in 2018. We had the best defense in the country. And you know what? That's true. That is true. But it wasn't because of Terry Wilson. It was because of Mississippi State's self-inflicted wounds, anemic offense, and Benny Snell, it was 14-7 in the fourth quarter, and we had the football. We had a chance to go pull even after that Brian Cole interception, and we didn't. And then we started feeling sorry for ourselves a little bit, and we began pouting, and Kentucky took full advantage. But it wasn't because of Terry Wilson. So we've got to go up there again, make somebody else beat us, really turn the pressure loose. And listen, State's done a good job rushing the passer. I think, it, and granted, it is just two games. But I think everybody can feel really good about the Zach Garnett hire. I think he's done a great job. And this, this is a team, too, that's very, very young on defense. Very young with a ton of newcomers. And you look at guys like Tyrus Wheat and Jordan Davis, you know, usually we go through this whole acclimation process where it takes them half a season to kind of figure out where to line up. These guys are contributors. You got a walk-on safety out there as a starter at London Craft, and he's played well. I haven't seen him in anybody's highlights. Yeah, is, is there a learning curve? Yeah, absolutely. But the bottom line is this group is playing above expectations. Who would have thought at week two we'd be talking about the offense? Got the, one of the most prolific offensive minds in the game. He will figure it out. And the fact that he's got a defensive coordinator now that can hold up his end of the deal where everything doesn't turn into a shootout, I think bodes well for the future. And I believe Mississippi State gets a win this weekend. I think I picked it 24-20. to 20. Uh, I do think it'll be a tough ball game. And, uh, of course, the weather the weather will be interesting. But I think Mississippi State's going to go out and play. Well, I think K.J. Castillo bounces back. And uh, Will Rogers did rejoin the team on Sunday. So uh, he will be available. And I guess he'll be in, in uh, Bulldog uniform for the first time. Uh, don't know if he plays. And I know, I know, listen, I know at Mississippi State we're huge fans of the backup quarterback because at some point we struggled many years and we've had to play him. And uh, we have fans that fall in love with a backup quarterback. I, I know we, you know, that was all the big talk in 2016, despite the fact Nick Fitzgerald was clearly the better quarterback. We fall in love with a second guy because somehow, somehow our coaches are playing to lose. They need, they need us to put a Twitter poll together and, and rally support for the backup quarterback. It doesn't help anything. All it does is make you miserable. 
But again, I expect State to go win the ball game, and then we'll see what happens next week. But uh, I feel good about the team, and I feel good about what I've heard this week. It's the thing last week, a lot of people said, oh, I'm just so worried. I don't get the sense that people are worried this week. I know they're concerned. They're thinking, you know, we, we need to go win this football game. We need to play better. But I was told that we've had a good week of practice. Uh, and that was, you know, that's the big thing. Last week we were hearing that, you know what, guys are struggling a little bit to come down out of the clouds. And, you know, K.J. Costello's name is everywhere. And a lot of people mention him as a Heisman candidate. And I don't want people to think I'm piling on K.J. K.J. is our guy. He is our guy. He is a bulldog. And I think the, the most of him, I think he's going to have a huge year for us. I think he had a bad weekend last weekend. And that's the thing about competitors, guys like K.J. Costello that are true competitors. When they get beat, they come back stronger. And that's what I expect to happen this week. And I think Kentucky, it is an 0-2 Kentucky team. I really believe if we get a lead on them, I think that they're going to go lay down. I, I really do. But, oh, you know, Steve, no. I, this is a team right now that is really struggling for confidence. And you go out there and run for 408 yards and you lose a ball game because you can't kick an extra point. You miss a chippy field goal and you lose it. If they make that field goal, they never even get to overtime. And so you begin to think when those things happen to you, you begin to think, you know what, the world is against us. Karma is against us. It's not our year. And so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you have a team come in that lost to Arkansas that hadn't won an SEC game in nearly three years, and they begin to kind of put points on the board. That doubt begins to creep in. Campus Bookmart, there's no doubt about them. They're great. They'll treat you great. They got great products. They got great prices. And I uh, had a great time there last week, man. So many great Bulldog fans came out. A lot of Boneyard listeners came out, said hello, signed a ton of books. Uh, we'll do that again soon. But uh, you can go ahead and check with them right now. You can begin to do some uh, research for yourself. Find yourself some Mississippi State merchandise. Visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll save you a little cash. The promo code is BSR which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. If you are in town, go by and see Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. The whole crew there will treat you like family because in their minds you are family. That's how they're going to treat you. It's a great time. Go check it out. You can outfit your home, your RV. You can get your mask. Anything you need Mississippi State related right there, campusbookmart.net. You know, we've had a great week. And, uh, you know, I mentioned you can get the book at Campus Book Mart. You can. You can order it online with all your Mississippi State clothing and items for your office and your home. It's, uh, you know, one of the best things about this whole process. You know, when I write the books, you know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time by yourself. And I'm such a social person. You know, it, it's difficult. I mean, sometimes I get locked in here and I get so obsessed with it. I'm, I'm trying to do some fact-checking or trying to double-check something and, and – um, you know, sometimes I won't leave the house for a couple days. You know, I get people to run store for me and stuff, and I just I don't go. And so I enjoy getting out and visiting with Bulldog fans. And I've had so many messages. People say, you know what, Steve, I've loved the book. I'm seven chapters in. I am eight chapters in. And a lot of people mention that Game of Change chapter. I've had multiple people tell me that they cried after the end of the, the Game of Change chapter because they were so proud of Mississippi State. It made them so proud of those young men in our administration, our athletic department, uh, that made that happen. Uh, that means more to me than I can say. It's not my story, even though I wrote it. You know, I wrote the story, but it is the uh, it is the, the testament of some strong men and women that did such a wonderful job to change the state of Mississippi. I mean, we talk so much about the flag and we talk about other things, but um, you know, this is a game that kind of changed hearts, and that's what really matters most. Is you begin to challenge people's way of thinking. And not in a cruel way. That's, that's one of the problems with the day. It's people want to browbeat you with their own ideals. I think when you begin to see people begin to gather and we do things for the right reasons, it makes you begin to question and say, well, but wait a minute, maybe I'm on the wrong side of this thing. And I know that's mature behavior and many people don't exhibit that. But there's so much about that chapter that uh, as I read and researched about our students going and having sit-ins across the, the street in the lawn of, uh, of the president's office, the university president to kind of let their feelings be known. Local people within Starkville, local businesses, began to collect money from their customers and among their employees to put together money to make sure Mississippi State could go play in the game. Our fans were going to pay the travel expenses if the state elected to withhold funds because that's what it meant to the Mississippi State family for our players to finally have a chance to go represent this great university in the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. 
because there were so many antiquated ideals here, and there was never a good reason. It was just one of those things, well, this is how we've always done it, and we don't do it because of this. And then people wanted to kind of, you know, assign motive to other people and kind of shift blame. But at the end of the day, it was the fine folks of Mississippi State that said, you know what, here's what we're going to do. And it took a strong president. It took a strong athletic director. And it took Babe McCarthy. And it took the, the parents of those young men to say, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're not going to back out. I'm not going to have my kid withheld from competition uh, because of some antiquated notion in the state of Mississippi. And so it was my honor to write that chapter. I spent a long time talking to Bill Anderton, who was a sophomore on that team and kind of got some information. And one of the things, too, one of the things that made it so perfect with Bill, number one, there's not a lot of those players still alive, sadly. But Bill was one of those guys not a lot of people had heard from. And Bill has had a remarkable story. I mean, he's lived in an amazing life. But I thought it was important you to kind of tell that story from a different vantage point. And it was my honor to talk to Bill Anderton and uh, really enjoyed getting to know him. One of those things, too, you begin to think about, too, it's like there, there is just wealth of knowledge that is out there if you ask for it. You know, we get caught up on what somebody said on Facebook and on Twitter and, you know, this picture on Instagram is fake and she's using filters and that sort of stuff. And, and at the end of the day, who, who gives a rip, to quote John Carrero? Or who gives a flip, I guess. But uh, my point being is that there's so much out there that we can learn from other people that have already gone through some of the same things that we're encountering. And, uh, I, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm a little bit inquisitive. And I like to know, I'm, I'm very nosy. I like to know what's going on. I like to know what went on. I wrote a piece yesterday, a little short piece about Phil Still, former All-American baseball player at Mississippi State. And here's the deal. Had Phil stuck with it, he's probably Clark and Palmero. Phil Still, the first Diamond Dog to ever hit double-digit home runs, and they played a 40-game season back then too. The equipment very antiquated. The first Bulldog to hit double-digit home runs. And then there were years between him and the next guy. Nearly won the SEC triple crown. If I'm not mistaken, he finished second in hitting in the SEC, led the SEC in home runs, RBI, and runs scored. Was an SEC first-team selection. Was a first-team All-American by the ABCA. Drafted three times in his life out of high school as a junior, elected to return for his senior year, and was drafted in the ninth round by the New York Yankees. Spent two years in the minors. In his very first year in the minors, he had 29 stolen base attempts, caught stealing once. Not, not playing the Louisiana School of Math and Science. Playing pro ball. So this is a guy that could run the bases, hit for average, hit for power. He also holds a 972 fielding percentage, which remains the record for Mississippi State third baseman. So a great fielder, runs bases, can hit for everything. And then a couple years in the minors, he decided, you know what, I want to go back home. And they said that he was in love and uh, wanted to begin to make a family and pursue a life outside of baseball. And it's, it's really kind of a sweet story. But Phil Still is a guy that many of our fans – don't know or fully appreciate. He played, you know, in the, in the early 70s. He was part of our very first College World Series team. Very first, the very first one that broke through and went to the College World Series. And uh, my hope is, is that we can honor Phil Still among our fans at a greater regularity. If Phil sadly died, I guess, back in 2004 at the age of 54, six years older than me. He was inducted in the Mississippi State Sports Hall of Fame in 2017. And so when you mention those great Diamond Dog teams, and we had some, I mean, we had some unbelievable teams in the early 70s. There are a lot of our fans that think we didn't start playing baseball in 1985. It's not true. We've always been a baseball school, always. And those early 70s teams with Whoopstick and Yard Dog, and Brantley Jones, and Mike Prophet. You know, I look at those teams, and when I mention those names, man, I say them with such respect because they are Bulldog royalty. And so it's been my honor to share many of those stories because they're important to me, and I believe they're important to you. And so when we get the opportunity to honor one of those guys, especially one that's passed on, I think we need to take every opportunity to do so. And, uh, you know, sadly this year due to COVID, we didn't have our Ring of Honor ceremony. You know, Dubose and uh, Coach Gregory and some of those guys going in, Bobby Thigpen, going in. 
I'm sure we'll double up this year. But one of the great things we do at Mississippi State is we honor those that wore the M over S. And we show great amount of reverence for their contributions to Mississippi State baseball. And so I encourage you, especially you younger folks, that, uh, you know, for you guys, I guess, uh, you know, guys like Palmero and Clark are old guys. And I'm sure maybe they feel like old guys. But, uh, you know, when I was a kid, they were my heroes. But there's another generation of Bulldog fans, and before that, that, uh, that came before us, that laid the foundation for what we enjoy today. You know, guys like Dolly Stark and Doc Patty and uh, Tom DeArma. You know, we've had some people that have come through here that have made great contributions to Mississippi State baseball. And uh, there, are, there are times that uh, I don't know that we fully appreciate their contributions. And I don't want to sound preachy or anything like that, but I think it's important that, that we, we commemorate those moments. And I, this year in, in the uh, Stark Villains book, I, I had a handful of great stories. This year, Alpha Dogs. We, we talk about the 71 College World Series team. We talk about the 79 College World Series team, the 81 College World Series team, the 85 College World Series team, the 2007 College World Series team, 2019 College World Series team. So you got you know, Ted Milton and Mike Kelly and Mark Gillespie and Bruce Castoria and Rafael Palmero and Mitch Moreland and Jake Mangum talking about what Mississippi State means to them. And now I've gotten all the College World Series teams done except for those in the 90s. And I'm going to save that one for the next book. I purposely did that. Yeah, so we'd have some more College World Series teams to talk about. And hopefully we'll have one we can talk about it for 2021. But I, I, I have just a different feeling about baseball. As much as I love football and men's basketball and even women's basketball. And, but for me, and maybe I'm in a minority, but for me, you know, the one thing we've always been able to poke our chest out about has been college baseball. And many of my greatest memories growing up as a kid and even now as an adult have involved Mississippi State baseball. I was just talking with, uh, with Ashley at the Y'all Lifestyle store yesterday. You know, being able to travel to all the away series with one exception in 2019 when Jake was chasing the record and the guys were chasing the top eight national seed and trying to get to Omaha – it's one of the greatest springs of my life. It, I had such a great time getting to know our baseball families and kind of getting to know our players a little bit better, seeing the other SEC venues. It is, uh, it is something that I hope to continue you know, for the foreseeable future. One day I'll be too old to make all those trips. But I'm, until, until that day comes, I'm going to get out and go, and I'm going to have a great time covering your baseball team. And so I share all that with you just to say this. I want you to buy the books. I do. I absolutely do. Go to alphadogsbook.com, buy Alpha Dogs, buy Stark Villains, buy Flim Flam. But even if you don't buy my books, and even if you don't support me, which would be weird if you're listening to the show, if you're not you know, a fan of my work, but uh, be that as it may, the next time that we bring you know, a bunch of old-timers out there to Duty Noble Field, the next time they're honored, because you know it's, it gets so busy sometimes in pregame, you know we got to get our nachos, we got to get to the seat. There's a lot, a lot going on. But the next time we trot those guys out there, I'm going to ask you, let's stand up and let's clap a little bit longer because we never know when it's going to be our last time to honor our great baseball greats. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.